This message is a product of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. We thank you for engaging this conversation. Messages like this one are great resources to help us grow, but they cannot replace being a part of a local church. If you're not actively a part of a church, we encourage you to find one near you that fits you, visit it, and get involved. And we hope this message gives life to you today. Enjoy. Thank you. Before we get started, I just want to take a chance to, to thank Pastor Kevin for giving me an opportunity to be here this morning to share in our last installment of our Better series. But the relationship I've been able to build with Kevin over the last five years and to see the vision that he's had for Vortex and the visions he's had for Albemarle and Stanley County is incredible. So to be a part of that, to be a part of what, what Pastor Kevin is doing and part of what you guys are doing right here at Vortex, I love to be along for the ride and be along on that journey to see what God is doing. So I just want to take a chance to thank Pastor Kevin for this opportunity. Next week, he's going to start a new series called Unhinged, and he's going to talk about how to getting over being offended. So you don't want to miss that. It's going to be a great, great series. And before we get started today, my wife's with me. She don't know I'm doing this, but I want you guys to take a look at this picture here. This is my family. We was at Carowinds last year, and we just, we, we have fun together. We have a ball. You guys have probably seen my wife Aaron out at hospitality. That's my boy Colton there, uh, giving his little sister the bunny ears. Uh, he's nine, and then Cameron is six. So you'll see them running around out here. They love being here, love being at Vortex, and I appreciate serving next to my wife. And just being part of Vortex, being here from day one, to be able to, to be involved, to be involved in serving, and to have the opportunity to be here as your serve pastor today and be able to, to give the message on a better serve is an honor for me to be able to do that. And to, to look at what Pastor Kevin has gone over the last couple of weeks and the theme of this better series is the message of Jesus doesn't necessarily guarantee you a better life, but it does guarantee that you will get better at life. And what that means is when you become a Christian, everything's not going to be perfect. It's not going to become a fairy tale where everything is going to work out just great. God tells us that there are still going to be trials in our life. We're still going to go through loss. There's times that Aaron and I have sat down and we're looking at finances. It's like, how are we going to pay the bills this month? Stuff still happens, but we have the trust and the faith to know that Jesus is going to help us get through that. And John 13 is a story very familiar to us, and it's a story of the Passover and the story of the Last Supper. Jesus invites his 12 disciples, his best friends, his buddies over. He knows what's about to unfold, and he wants to sit down with them for one last meal and be able to share with them. But not just share in conversation, but he wants to be able to share with them a principle that is going to change their life. You see, back in Jesus' day, when someone would travel to a house as a guest, there was someone there, a servant, the lowest of the lowest servant, looked down on by everybody because of the job they had to do. They were there to wash people's feet. Now, who in the attendance today, who, who likes feet? Not very many. We got one up here. That, that's not something that, that we really enjoy. But take a look at this picture here. This is most likely what their feet look like. They're wearing Jesus sandals. That's, that's how we got that. that back, back in Jesus' time, that's the sandals they wore. They didn't have cars, they didn't have paved roads, they didn't have sneakers that they could wear. They had open-toed sandals, and they walked from place to place. 
So as they walked, their feet got sweaty, the dirt collected on it. And as they got there, someone would be there to wash their feet. Well, as they're sitting around that table that night with their Messiah, he gets up, walks over to the corner, grabs a towel, puts it around his waist. He grabs a basin of water, and they're looking at him. What's he doing? That's not his job. He's not supposed to do that. But he does, and he goes around the table, and he washes his disciples' feet. And you see, he didn't do this to gain glory out of it. He did it out of a servant's heart. He did it because he loved them. And he wanted to show them what it was like to truly serve. And think about in your life the times that you've had a chance to be able to serve with that kind of love. And be able to serve someone else. Think about how that made you feel when you got done with that. It made you feel pretty awesome to know that you were able to help somebody. And you see today as we get started on how to have a better serve, we see that when we give We always get more than we give. When we give, we always get more than what we give. And in John 13, 7, Jesus replies, You don't understand now what I am doing, but someday you will. And see, he said that to his disciples as they're sitting around that table, and they're questioning, why is Jesus the one who is here? Why is he the one that is washing our feet And Jesus explains to them that you don't understand it yet, but give me time and you will understand. And as we think about the most meaningful things that others have done for us, there's a few that that come to mind for me. I was in college and I got out of class one day and had to go to my part-time job, get in my car, nothing happened, wouldn't start. I'm trying, messing with it, couldn't figure it out. So I go in and ask my roommate, I said, hey, I said, you mind giving me a ride to work today? And immediately he's like, sure, no problem. He said, what, what's going on? And I said, well, I said, my car won't start. So he takes me to work. I get off my shift. He comes back and picks me up. And he says, hey, I know a little bit about cars. Let's take a look at it. So he spends the afternoon with me fixing my car. Didn't charge me a dime. Another time that, that comes to mind is right after Colton was born. Anytime when you, you have a new baby, especially your first one, there's a lot going on, especially for the moms. There's so much that they've got to deal with. And I was working about an hour away. I come home, and there's a meal on the table, and it wasn't in our dishes. So I was just, I asked Erin, I said, hey, what's, what's going on here? And she said, well, there was a family that thought about us today, and they brought us a meal so we wouldn't have to worry about taking care of dinner tonight. And then about a year ago, right about this same time, I was in the process of feeling God calling me to do something different with my job. Didn't know what I needed to do. Didn't know where I needed to go. I I had an idea of where God was was pointing me. So I talked to Kevin, and he knew the situation. And I was sitting at my desk one day, and I get a text from him. And all it says is, I'm praying for you. Have faith in God. Now flip that around and think about the person on the other side of that. The person that spent their time to take me to work, bring me back. Spent their time helping me fix that car. That family that prepared that meal, even though they probably had a stressful day at work and they still had to prepare a meal for their family, they took the time to prepare a meal for us. And those around us that will take the time to think about us during the day and send us those texts and just let us know that they're thinking about us and they're praying for us. 
And we ask the question, how can I gain joy from doing something for someone else? Because that doesn't make sense. Because you see, when we think about joy, we always think about what can we get out of it from others? And what can others do for me? But for God, a lot of times what he asks us to do seems counterintuitive. And it doesn't make sense to us. But that's where Jesus says that someday you'll understand. And he tells us that God's plan means that there is joy in giving. There's joy in giving. And a good example of that that we see in Scripture is tithing. We see that God asks us to give back to him, to give that 10% of what he's already given us anyway. None of it's ours to begin with. But he gives it to us and he blesses us, but he asks us to give 10% back out of obedience. And what he says in return is, I will bless that other 90% because you have been obedient. Because serving isn't a choice, or serving is a choice. It doesn't happen by chance. Serving is a choice. It doesn't happen by chance. And you see, serving is the intentional choice to give your life away. Serving is the intentional choice to give your life away. And we look at Jesus and we look at the example that he set for us, how he truly gave his life away. He died on that cross for our sins and he gave his life to us and that was his choice. Philippians 2, 5 through 6, it says, You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Think about today the people in your life. Think about the ones that have made that impact, the ones who have thought about you, who have made that influence in your life. Think of their name right now. Picture them in your mind. And think about those situations where they truly cared for you, where they took care of you. And we'll ask this question, how would you describe them? How would you describe these people that you're thinking of right now? Would you say they're selfish? That all they cared about in that situation was themselves? That they were doing it so that they could gain the glory in it? Or I would venture to say that those people were selfless. That they made such an impact because they did it for you. They did it because they loved you and they cared about you. See, for me, this man right here is the one that made a difference for me. Check out them shorts. They're pretty sweet, aren't they? And so he may not be happy about the fact that I put that picture with those shorts up there. See, I'm, I'm that little skinny kid in the middle there. This was about my junior year of high school, and that's my youth pastor. We call him PG. He was Pastor Greg, so we used to call him PG. But he made such an impact, not just on my life, but so many kids that came through the youth group. Because it wasn't about just sitting down and doing a Bible study with us, which was important. And he taught us lessons about Scripture. But he took his personal time to come visit us, to come on an afternoon, to come watch a, a junior in high school come play baseball. He took that time out of his afternoon to show that he truly cared and he loved us. Now let's flip that around for a second. And let's think about ourselves right now. Think about how other people see us. 
If you're a boss in here, how would your employees describe you? If you're an employee, how would your coworkers or, or how would your boss describe you? If you're a parent in here, and we know kids, they, they, they'll say what they want. How would our kids describe us as parents? And kids in here, how would your peers and how would your parents, your teachers at school, how would they describe you? Would they say that you're selfish? Would they say that you're the person that's always looking out for yourself? Or are you the kind of person that's making that impact that they can rely on you, that you're always going out of your way to help somebody else, that you're there to serve and to help others? You see, today that may not be what we want it to be, but it's never too late to change that. Let's take a look back at that Last Supper and what it meant for Jesus to take on that role of that servant. And we think about the lowest of the lowest servant that was responsible for doing that. Take a look at these, these dirty feet again and just picture that and think that in your mind. Think about how, how dirty that bucket of water had been by the time he was done. Think about how nasty that towel was. But yet Jesus continued to wash each of his disciples' feet, including Judas, who was the very one that was going to betray him and turn him over to be crucified. You see, Jesus didn't do it just for that moment. He did it so that the disciples in that room could understand what it meant to truly serve. He did it so he could change their perspective. So when they see that person that was down there serving and doing that, they understood. And they're thinking, if my King of Kings, if my Messiah... If he can take on this role to serve others, how much more important should it be for us to do that same thing? And see, right now in your own life, are you more concerned with growing your influence or are you ready to kneel and to serve others? Are we looking at, at what's in it for us or are we willing to look at our neighbor and help? Take care of them. You see, in the, in the world standards, everything is about climbing the ladder, climbing the corporate ladder. How fast can I get to the top? How many people can I step on along the way? It's all a selfish mentality. Because you see, the world says we are defined by what we gain. But what Jesus tells us is the complete opposite. He tells us that we need to step back down that ladder that we need to come alongside other people and encourage them and help them along their journey. Because you see, Jesus says that we are defined by what we give. And therefore, we need to serve the same way that Jesus has served us. We need to serve the same way that Jesus has served us. Now think for a minute this morning about how blessed you really are. You may not think so right now. You may be thinking about the numbers in your bank account. There may not be quite as many zeros at the end that you want it to be. You may be thinking about your car that broke down this week and the inconvenience that it was. But you know, if you own a car today, you're in the top 6% of the wealthiest people in the world. The top 6%.
because you're rich enough to be able to own your own vehicle. And think about, have you ever had to worry about a roof over your head, food on your table, or being in a situation like this where you're here at church and you're worried that someone may come in, the authorities may come get you and drag you out of here because it's illegal to serve God. I would say that that's, I would say the answer is probably no to each of those, that we have not had to worry about those situations. And thinking about a time for me when I, I felt that God has blessed me and has blessed my family. It was right after Aaron and I got married, right out of college. We moved down to Indianapolis, Indiana. And we were looking for a church at the time. I had a part-time job out of college, and I was looking for, for a full-time job, looking for what God was calling me to do. And as we were looking for a church, we were doing some research, talking to friends, and we felt God leading us to a church the next Sunday. We didn't know why. We just knew that that's where God was calling us to go. So we got up that Sunday. We got ready. We went to church. And as we walked in, there was a man there. He was one of the greeters. And he came over and introduced himself. And we just were talking with him, engaging in conversation, and telling him about our story. Told him we just got married. Told him I was looking for a sales job. And we went on into church. As we're leaving church, he comes running over to us and says, hey, I'm the general publisher of a Christian publishing company about 10 miles up the road. We need a salesman. Would you love to come in and interview? And I was excited. I mean, I'd blown away. I went in and got the job. By the grace of God, he was able to supply our need, take care of our finances. But see, it was so much more than that because God had that plan laid out. But we could have woke up that Sunday and said, you know what, too tired. We're not going to go to church today. And we could have missed that opportunity. But it's so much more than, than what God has laid out there that we have to actually act on that. And that's a this and that situation there where this happened because we were obedient with that. So we, we have to be obedient in those situations. And you see, God has laid out a plan for our lives. But we have to be obedient and listen. Just because he has that plan, he wants what's best for us. But he has given us the opportunity to make that decision. We still have to be obedient and follow that calling of what God has asked us to do. And we think about when we've needed God. Has he ever failed you? You see, God's never failed me. But that doesn't mean I haven't gone through loss. That doesn't mean that we haven't had situations with our finances. We haven't had situations with vehicles breaking down. But we know that God is there, and he's going to take care of those for us. And see, that's exactly what it's all about is that God was there for us every step of the way, taking care of our needs, because that's what serving is all about. It's about meeting the needs of others, and that's what God does for us, and that's what he calls us to do for other people. You see, what God does, we need to do. And saved people serve. Saved people 
serve. John 13, 7 and 34 and 35. We go back to that scripture where Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will. And then he continues on with, so now I'm giving you a new commandment to love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Just as Jesus loved us, he is calling us to love each other. Now, who in here has ever heard of Serena Williams? Who, who knows Serena Williams in here? She's arguably one of the best tennis players of all time. She's got an incredible game. She's strong. She's fast. But what she understands is that without her serve, the rest of it doesn't work. So she trains in that, and she knows that. Her serve, her average serve is about 115 miles an hour. Now, who would like to be on the receiving end of that serve? Because you see, I know I wouldn't, because that would hurt. But she knows what she needs to train for. And you see, we can be great at many things, but serving is where it starts. So today, if you want to improve the quality of your life, you need to better serve. If you want to improve the quality of your life, you need a better serve. Matthew 20, 25 through 28 says, But among you it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servants. But Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of this world lord over its people, and the officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But whoever wants to become first must become a slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. So you see today, we need to stop thinking of our influence as a tool to serve us, but as a way to influence and to serve others. YouTube lead singer Bono has said that celebrity is a commodity to be used to make a difference in the world. See, he was well known around the world. He had the world at his stage, and he understood the influence of what that meant. But you're thinking today, well, I'm, I'm not a celebrity. I'm not known all around the world. But you don't have to be known around the world to be considered a celebrity. If you're a boss in here, your employees look up to you as a celebrity. If you're a parent in here, and they probably won't admit it, but your kids look up to you as a celebrity. And you see, God has blessed us all with positions of power to be able to make a difference for him and to help serve others. And today we need to start looking for people that we can help meet their needs and we need to stop thinking that it's about money. Think back over those situations that we looked at earlier. For me, looking at my buddy that was helping me when my car broke down. He took his time. He probably had homework he had to get done. He had other things he was having to do, but he took the time to help me and to get my car running. That family that brought us dinner had a stressful day at work, most likely, 
still had to prepare dinner for their family, but they took the time to be able to prepare that meal and to bring it to us. And the times when we're sitting there, when we think that everything's lost and we don't know what direction to go, and we get that text and it says, I'm praying for you. You see, the little things in life that we can do for others hold so much more influence than any amount of money ever could. Those little things are powerful. They make a difference in other people's lives. And you see, when God puts it on our heart to do something for others, we need to listen. We need to be obedient. Because he understands the situation, not just for that one person that you're helping, which is going to make an impact for, but for the people around them, for the people that see it. And he knows what that moment can have in the heart of those people's lives. But you see, we need to stop disqualifying people because they don't deserve it. Because you see, we don't deserve all that God's done for us. We don't deserve it. And see, the next time you're thinking that God's calling you to do something, and you're thinking they don't deserve it, and God's calling you to give that person some money, and you're thinking, well, every time they get money, they waste it. They're always buying new things. They're buying new clothes, new shoes. They're always doing all this stuff, but then they say they don't have any money. But that doesn't matter. When God tells us that we need to do it, we need to listen, and we need to be obedient. And when we do that, we need to be thankful that Jesus served us even when we didn't deserve it. And as we close today, I want you to think about these things. And we want to think about the life of Jesus and think about the example that Jesus set for us. You see, he went to the cross in our place. He carried the penalty of sin for us. He took the punishment of our failure. He died our death. And he didn't deserve any of it. See, we should have been the ones to pay that price. But through his love for us, he served us anyway. And now he offers us new life. We'll never deserve that life. We'll never earn it. There's nothing that we can do on our end to try and earn that new life. But through a loving relationship with Jesus, we can put our faith and we can put our trust in him. And we can know that he will always be there for us. See, God has shown us throughout Scripture over and over and over again that Jesus came to serve others. That was what he came to earth to do. And let me ask you one question today as we finish up. Where in your life can you refocus your emphasis to serve others? Where in your life today can you find a way that you can serve others? Thanks for listening. This podcast has been a production of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. 
For more information on our church, we encourage you to visit us online at vortexchurch.com.